Welcome back to the Redbird Report. As always, I am your host, Scott Prieros, and with me I have my sports editor, Reed Watkins. How's it going, Reed? Good. Ready to talk Redbird sports as always. Yeah, we had a, a busy weekend behind us. Uh, no football game, but a lot more to talk about as well. Um, we'll start ISU Volleyball 2-0 and on the weekend. Conference play. What a bounce-back weekend for this team. Um, you get Murray State in five sets. You sweep Belmont. Um the team just looked like it had a lot more energy. It looked a lot more smooth with rhythm. Like it, it just looked like this is the team that we kind of thought they could be going into the year. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt they needed a bounce back, and it seemed like this was the time in the schedule where there's a chance for that because you get through that really tough non-conference schedule, and then you get through playing Drake and U and I, which is just a really tough way to start the MVC. Um, but then you go and beat a really tough Murray State team, and you sweep Belmont on their home court. I think that says a lot about what this team is capable of, um, especially when they're playing, you know, just about anyone in the MVC. Obviously, it's tough to compete against Drake and you and I, but these wins, I think, said a lot. And you see Ada Shadowald and Hannah Reichensperger really stepping up, um, as they have all year, but it seems it'll be a little more, and they were really leading their team um, over this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I was going to point out those two specifically because I feel like we're seeing their names every time this team's playing, uh, stepping up in a big way. But I don't want to overlook Mari Hinkle, uh, MVC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, Great performance from her. Um, We worried exactly how the transition maybe for that libero role mm. just because you had so many options i think mm-hmm. after losing um katie weimer a year ago but mari hinkle's been doing an awesome job um 46 digs um is that the whole that's the whole weekend 46 yeah, digs on the whole yeah. weekend 5.75 per set um just a big weekend from her like i said i and that's what you need to see um not only that front row, which we've been talking about, feels like a lot, um, how dominant they've been, but getting that production from the back row as well, that's that's going to be the key to this team continuing to have success in conference play, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one of the performances I was most impressed with, along with Hinkle, was Carrick Cooper, who stepped up, I would say, about the last four maybe six matches. She's really stepped up and been the grad transfer. They have you know, been looking to see from the right side and just such an important position for this team. I think the reason I'm so excited for this uh, storyline is because she's going to Valparaiso where she played four years um, on Friday night. And I think that'll just be a really exciting game to kind of see the return trip and see how she does against her former team. Yeah, definitely. Um, Like you said, uh, a big weekend coming up ahead um, kind of close out this four-match road trip. Valparaiso, UIC, like you said, a little bit of a, a return home for Kara Cooper, and then obviously UIC Saturday as well. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, you're in a stretch where you're, you have matches that you're confident you can win, and I'm not saying they ever go into any match saying they can't win this match, but it it seems like they you know that you have a little better of a chance than maybe like a Drake and you and I like you had to start uh, mm-hmm. conference play. But then you have five straight home matches after that. So if you can go four and all on a road trip before a five straight home match or home stretch, like that's that's gonna put you in a really good position to gain a ton of momentum in the middle of conference play. Something that they weren't able to do last year in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm 
really excited because they have, you know, they get done with that road trip. They get to see Belmont and Murray State right after that. And you can't count those as wins, obviously, but you get them on your home court after beating them on the road. You have to have, um, you have to be flying pretty high going into those matches. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, Valparaiso Friday, UIC Saturday. Make sure to follow along for updates on that action. Um, we'll move on, though. Um, the ISU soccer team continues to impress, I would say. I mean, you get the draw against Belmont um, Thursday. Uh, you probably would have liked to see that win, but a late equalizer, you get the draw, though. And then Southern Illinois, your defense has been incredible all season. Shines again. Julia Laguerre with the solo goal in that game. Um, but Audrey Brown... Three goals saved, and she didn't want to praise herself. She praised the defense as a whole, which is something that we've talked about over and over mm. again all season long. I mean, the offense has been better than what it was last year, but the defense hasn't missed a beat outside of that Missouri State game really all year. I mean, they had t- uh, three goals against Indiana and Butler, a couple of high-powered programs, um, but then never allowed two outside of that Missouri State game. bunch of shutouts. This uh. team offensively and defensively is playing – far better than what we saw most of last year yeah absolutely I think the thing I am the number I'm most impressed by is the three wins they've already matched their win total from last season yep and they have I believe six matches to go so this is a team that went three fourteen and one last year they're sitting at three four and three with you know two of those one of those wins one of those draws coming in conference play so I mentioned it last week. These MVC standings are really tight, and I think there's a lot of room to move for any team in the conference. But if you're a team like Illinois State, um, there's only there's four teams with three wins. Only Valparaiso has uh, one win, and then the rest of the teams, I believe it's the bottom five of the conference, are winless in conference play. So. It seems to be pretty top-heavy, but that gives Illinois State a great chance to climb into that conference tournament, which they were out of last year. Yeah, this uh, this stretch coming up, um, going to be a little bit tougher, and I think the biggest thing is how this offense adjusts. Valparaiso, outside of a 4-1 loss to Purdue, hasn't allowed more than one goal in a match. Mm. Like, they had that rough outing against Purdue. Like I said, outside of that, they allowed... Um, one to every team, and then they have one, two, three, four, five shutouts um, on the year. So this is going to be an interesting matchup because it's a little bit different than what you've seen. Um, Their offense isn't anything to write home about. Just looking, obviously, I haven't watched a ton of this team, but looking at the numbers, um, but can you match their offense? Because this defense is the real deal. So it's going to be a good test for this team. Um, But like we said, I mean, they're starting to get into a rhythm. Marissa Kresge is doing a great job of getting this team, this program as a whole, turned around. And uh, you, got, you got a big weekend coming up here against Valparaiso and then Murray State um, at home. But I'm really excited to see what, what direction this team is headed because it's, it's looking like the right direction right now. Right. Valparaiso hasn't lost on their home field this year. But then you have Murray State, one of those winless teams in the conference before. Um, next Thursday, you have Drake at home. Uh, that team has three wins right now in the NBC. That'll be a challenge, but I would circle that Murray State game um, on Sunday. Those matches tend to be, you know, pretty exciting, and I'm 
interested to see how they do um, in the midweek against Valparaiso and then getting to come home against Murray State. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, Thursday, 7 p.m., they will travel to Valparaiso, Indiana. Sunday, 1 p.m., they will host Murray State for the kids' clinic. Um, If that's it from you, Reed, I think we're ready to move on. Um, We'll move on to cross-country. A little up-and-down weekend for them, I would say. It wasn't the success that maybe they've seen early on this season. Um, Women's team takes fourth, while the men took ninth at the Lakefront Invitational in Chicago this past weekend. Um, A lot of the names that we've seen in the past, Claire Foliage led the Redbirds again. Um, Third fastest time in school history, 20 minutes, 45.1 seconds. Um, She took second individually, just behind Wisconsin's Meyer Rail. Um, You also had Madison Plummer with a strong time there. Um, Lauren Schultz, those are a bunch of names that we're seeing week by week by week. And that's a trend you'll see with uh, cross country. And then once we get into track and field season as well. Men's side, same thing, Mathis Javond, um, 26th place individually with a time of 24-10.8. Not every race is going to go 100% the way that you might hope, but you're still getting those individual performance, I would say, right now, especially on the women's side that you're really happy with. Yeah, this was a little bit of a challenging meet to keep up with, um, especially covering it virtually. Is just there are two races on each side, um, so it's hard to really evaluate where teams fell because it didn't seem like there was a great rhyme or reason to why a team would be in the maroon race or in the gold race. So, like I said, it's hard to really evaluate from this um, invitational. It seemed like a huge meet with a bunch of teams on in both categories. And Illinois State held their own against some top um, you know, Power 5 schools, and I think that's what you want to see. I liked seeing Madison Plummer grab that second spot, showing that there's not a predetermined, you know, this will be our one through five, especially on the women's side. And I think you see that on the men's side, too. There, You might see some variation of how those uh, top finishers come in. But like you said, Matisse Chavon has just led the pack, and I think he set a um, one of the top times in school history, top ten times in school history this weekend as well. So really impressive weekend individually, and I think once we get back to, you know, coming up the Bradley Classic October 13th, you're going to see – a little bit um, higher results once you get back to some MBC level and uh, mid-major level competition. Yeah, definitely, and they're, they're going to need it. There's only two more meets here, um, October 13th and then October 20th, before they travel to Nashville, Tennessee for the uh, MVC championships um, this fall. Um, obviously, you'll have the Midwest Regionals and the NCAA championships after that, but no, you're right. It's, it's nice to have um, no set order. People will step up on a week-by-week basis, but um. Yeah, like you said, Claire Foliage, a top time. Um, you talked about Siobhan. It was the fifth fastest time in program history. Fifth fastest time in program history, and you take uh, 26 on the men's side. Mm-hmm. That goes to show just how tough that competition was mm-hmm. um, this past weekend. But um, I would say overall, you can come away happy with it. And like you said, coming back to uh, like a little more of a mid-major level competition here, these last two meets to maybe – gain some confidence heading into the uh, MVC championships in uh, three weeks from now. I think we're ready to move on. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll do mm-hmm. women's tennis. They had their first meet of the year this past weekend. A um, little bit different look for the team. Um, you have a lot of the same names, but you brought in uh, Lana, I don't know, I don't want to mess this up, Kakulovich, I believe. Seems like a good guess. Uh, newcomer from North Carolina A&T. Um, she's teaming up with Tiana Zlatanovic um, at the number one double spot. 
Um, but a strong weekend as a whole. Um, they won the number one and number two doubles. Uh, I believe they didn't do the six and seven singles, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. but everything else went. Um, but a good start. Um, it's early in the year. Um, you get to do that action on your home court. Um, and I would say there's a lot of positives you can take from this one. Yeah, absolutely. I was really curious to see who would end up playing with Tiana Zlatanovic with um, Tara Danjanovic no longer. You know, she graduated last spring, so they were the top team in the doubles in the MVC for, it felt like, forever. So, you know, I was really curious to see who would take that spot. You have a sophomore come in, transfer from, like you said, North Carolina A&T, and um, she was not the only person they grabbed from that school. Um, It was... uh, Nuri Assange was also they grabbed two from North Carolina A&T so I was um, very curious to see where those players went and um, see how that doubles pairing played out at the top and it was as impressive as you know Tara and Tiana were last year so really impressed by that um, opening on the women's tennis side they also grabbed the number two spot in doubles and um, I think that duos Nevada Kalarovic and Sylvia Pomerale are really going to be um, what pushes this team because the way it's scored, you need to win those two doubles matches. You don't know exactly what you have in that freshman sophomore duo at the number three spot yet. Um, Sofia Rodrigo and Sanz again. So um, I think if you can have those two really strong doubles teams, that's going to put you up early in matches in meets, and um, you're going to have a good chance to win, especially with um, when we see how these singles start to pan out. You know. Um, Zlatanovic took th- uh, third in the number one draw. Nevada Kalarovic won the uh, number two draw, uh, singles flight number two. So there's definitely some strength in singles, but doubles has to be the, the strength of this team. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, like I was mentioning before, you have a really good mix, I would say, of kind of veterans and newcomers. Um, we talked about Zlatanovic, um, Silvia Pomeroli, um Nevada Kalarovic was, I believe, the NBC Freshman of the Year last mm-hmm. year. She was at least all freshman team. Um, and then you have those transfers. So it has a good mix, and it's going to be interesting to see how they, they mold, like you mentioned. I mean, having those top two duo teams down is great, but that third team, how are they going to mold? And then the singles, um, that's just a matter of putting in the work to be able to compete at a high level week in and week out, or I guess meet in and meet out. So, um, yeah, a really strong weekend, I would say, to say the least, for this uh to open the season for the women's tennis team. Um, they're already into the Missouri Valley Conference individual championships starting Friday, mm-hmm. um, 6th, 7th, 8th. That's in Springfield, Missouri. Um, and the, the ITA Midwest Regionals. Um, actually, they have like seven, it's five straight days at Michigan State, and then they can come home for almost a month, and then they go right back to Michigan State for the Michigan State duels. So, like I said, um, a strong opening weekend, I would say. There was no team score, so it's kind of hard to fully evaluate where they would have stood, obviously, because there's a few teams there. But I'm, I think they can come away really happy with how that went. No question. Um, I believe that's it for the completed action. Uh, I know... Men's tennis had a couple. That did finish? Yeah, they I had a couple sure players in finished. action. Okay. Right, it was um, Nam Fam and Arvid Yalta playing in the ITA uh, All-American Championships in Tulsa, and NAMFAM advanced to the round of 64 with two wins okay. um, to open the weekend, and then fell in that round of 64. He, but obviously a strong start with the top-level competition you see at all these ITA events, and um, pretty impressive weekend. He also dropped his opening match. Um, I don't and did not advance, but um, 
Mark Kleisner, the head coach there, seemed to be really pleased with um, how his team performed just based on the statements we got from uh, the program. So I think a strong opening, and they've already played a meet, but this is a good chance to evaluate kind of the top two guys you're expecting to kind of carry this team. So we'll see how that goes as we get into, you know, more tournaments this fall. Yeah, definitely. I mean, those two guys are going to be the names that you're going to see over and over again mm-hmm. this year. A little bit of the veteran there. I feel like I've been talking about Nam Pham for as long as I can remember. Yeah. He's going into his fifth year, I believe, now for the Redbirds. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, uh, a strong start and just be able to get that opportunity to get a little bit of a flow going here. Um, ahead of the Midwest Regionals, I believe that's in two weeks from now. Um, that's just that's a good sign to get going in that category. Um, but like I said, I mean, you have a lot of the same names on this team, um, those two uh, specifically. And with Mark Kleisner there, you have a lot of experience, and I think that's going to be the key for this team. Um, I think yet last season was a little disappointing for them compared to what they had done the year before, so I think they're definitely looking for a, a bounce back um, in a way. So I'm gonna, it's going to be really curious to see how and if they do bounce back in that way. Right. Fam was the Summit League Player of the Year in 2021, right. 2022, so obviously really impressive um and like you said we've been hearing about him for a while so really strong player there um then looking into men's golf they are still in action right now they are still in action yeah um they're last i looked they were 11 strokes back yep so florida golf coast is in first at 16 under par redbirds are five under par um based on this i have them at done through six holes so far um, that'll obviously change pretty quickly here. But the team, um, it's it's similar pattern to what we saw, um, I believe it was last weekend with the women's golf. Kind of a slow start, but climbed on the second day, and then mm-hmm. now they're climbing again on this third day mm-hmm. here. Um, now that it's updated, they're actually six under par, so they're still 11 back as Florida Gulf Coast moved to 17 under. But um, that's the thing, especially with a sport like golf, um, being able to, if you have a rough first day, um, Illinois State shot, actually they dropped on the second day, but they did, I believe they climbed spots. Um, just being able to bounce back mm. if you start rough, mm-hmm. that's the key in a, in a sport like this. And they're doing that, and you're seeing another kind of mix of um, hula five that they're bringing and actually getting right. scores from. Right. Um, it's very early in the year, so you're going to see that. Um, especially with some new newcomers on this roster. Um, but, no, yeah, I think uh, I think this is a really good step in the right direction for this team right now. Right. I think the name I've been impressed with, obviously you have Alex McCullough, Felix Van Dyke, Valentin Pugnet. I think Will Troy is the player, the golfer, that I just, you know, he did, wasn't in the lineup a whole lot last year. We didn't exactly from the outside know what we had, what ISU had in Will Troy. I've been really impressed with how he started the year. He – um was on fire yesterday and I can only assume he kept it up today just a really strong performance and someone I didn't know was capable of stepping up the way he has so far this year yeah and then TJ Barger as well mm-hmm. um, newcomer there he's three under par on the tournament um, he is only through one hole today though um, he's in 12th tie for 12th place um, individually leading the Redbirds um, so that's another strong performance there so you're getting a few new names but You'll see a lot of the same names. You'll see Alex McCullough, Valentin Puegnet, like you talked about, Will Troy stepping up. And then you're going to see T.J. Barger's name a lot this year. Mm-hmm. We already have. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to see that. Um, like we said, they're in that last round of the Badger Invitational right now. Um, they'll be back in action early next week, the Purdue Fall Invitational. 
They still got one, uh, yeah, and then they have one more meet after that where they travel to Kettering, Ohio for the Dayton Invitational before the fall season comes to an end. But like I said, I mean, you're getting a little bit of a mixture in terms of who you're seeing weekend or on a meet by meet basis, but you're still getting production from everyone. And that's going to be the key right now. Um, you had that really strong opening, opening meet with a second place finish. Struggled a little bit in Cincinnati, but you're bouncing back in a big way against some really strong competition here at the Badger Invitational. Yeah, no question. I'm excited to see how this team, you know, goes into the fall. And it's a long season, so plenty of time to, you know, still improve from where they're at already. Yeah, definitely. A big weekend ahead for Redbird Sports, like we said. Um, volleyball on the road. Soccer has a home and an away meet. Um, ISU football welcoming the number one team in FCS, South Dakota State, the reigning FCS champs. It's going to be a battle for the Redbirds, to say the least, but these are similar teams when you look at it in terms of how they play. Strong defenses dominate the line. Um, running is where most of those teams are getting their yards, and I think uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that game. I won't be there. Reed will have you covered with mm-hmm. Noah Powell. Um so make sure to follow along for, on their Twitters for live updates. But if that's it from you, Reed, I think that's it for me. Yeah, quick plug for um, we have a Redbird softball feature coming out today that just came out recently. Um, look for another women's tennis story this week. Just a, a few you know deeper dives into these programs that we're talking about on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, softball just in their fall season right now. Yeah, definitely. That's it for you, Reed. I think uh, I'll sign us off. Uh, make sure to follow along on all the live action of ISU Sports on our Twitter accounts at the underscore Vidette and at Vidi underscore Sports. And we will talk to you guys again next week.